Welcome back to another episode of Million Dollar Agent. Troy Malcolm, John McGrath, and special guest today, John, because... No Tom Panos. No Tom Panos, but we do have a special guest that we've had a lot to do with over the past uh, couple of months, and we're super excited to be bringing him to the MDA listeners today. And I'll let you introduce our special guest if you'd like. Before I bring Jeff on, just wanted to say, so Tommy tried to join this one, but magnificent as this technology is, we had some health check. Uh, ironically, we're going to be talking a bit about health today. So um, uh, Tommy had to drop out, but he's eagerly uh, going to be a listener like all of you guys are this week as we interview Jeff Jarrett. So Jeff, welcome. Hello, John. Great to be here. Hello, Troy. I just love that energy straight away, John. How good is that? I've already been uplifted just by hearing Jeff. So, Troy, um, as, you, as you just mentioned, Jeff, you know, the, the, the background here, we a lot of people kind of would love to come on and sort of talk their story with MDA, and I, I guess it's sort of hard for us to accommodate all sorts of requests. But, um, you know, we've always taken the view that health and the well-being of our listeners is of utmost importance. So, uh, and, and of course, our own team, Troy, as you know, when we talk at McGrath, we talk about the importance of life being primary and business is secondary and you've got to look after yourself. So, um, Jeff, despite you and I being very, very dear friends that actually dates back some time, um, you know, yes. Jeff's expertise is, is, as you know, Troy, around uh, health and balance and, and has specific expertise around weight loss. And since we've been sort of, you know, talking about your business, Jeff, and had you into our team, it, it sort of... It became really clear to me that whether you want to sell more listings or lose 10 kilograms or buy a property, it's all about process and the things that you talk about with your people. And you have phenomenal success. Just before, I mean, just as an example, you were talking about someone that lost 65 kilos in what time frame? Yeah, in 12 months, Helen Geekus, she dropped 65 kilos. She's in real estate down there in Melbourne. Wow. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, again, getting a f- focusing on the process, not the outcome, and a whole lot of actions each day. And you know, byproduct of that is massive weight loss. And as we're about to talk about, that can dovetail into any area of your life. So, Jeff, you know, you and I talk about this and we often have little clandestine coffee shop meetings early in the yes. morning because we, we both get up early and we both love coffee and we enjoy the conversation. And, and one of the things is everyone knows how to lose weight. Basically, you know, eat, eat less, eat better and move your body more, right? And yet I would think 60, 70, maybe 80% of the world struggles to achieve the outcome. So whether it's weight loss or anything else, why is it that people have the knowledge, they have the tools, the information is available, why is it that so many people fail to be able to achieve that that outcome? Great, great question. Well, there's a couple of layers to it. Firstly, yeah, if diets worked, everyone would be trimmed 10 times over, if not more. I think uh, every diet, almost every diet works if you can stick to it, but most people can't because couple of things they're not addressing the root cause they're they're band-aiding and I call it treating the symptoms trap you've got to treat the cause and most people that are overweight or obese they medicate with food food's a numbing agent and anxiety stress depression loneliness they will medicate numb escape with food now obese people do it with food I used to do it with alcohol Uh, drug addicts do it with drugs Uh, It's just a different version of the same toxic Band-Aid. Now, I've been able to apply those principles to the weight loss space quite successfully in recent times with the Jowett Method, which 
John, started out as mindset for weight loss, but I realized over the last 12 months especially that the methodology works for everything, not just how to lose weight. But what people do when they're trying to lose weight is they get, and, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to this, they've got a number in their head. And let's say they want to weigh 60 kilo or 70 kilo or 80 kilo. They can generally lose a big chunk of it, but they get within five kilo of goal and the wheels fall off because they start telling themselves a story about the person they're going to be at goal. They tell themselves uh, what that's going to look like when the reality is it's not going to look like anything. You're in the present moment. The working unit of your life is now, as Wayne Dyer used to say, but all of a sudden we go from the process to the outcome and we sabotage, we overthink. And with weight loss, what people do, if they're weighing themselves all the time, uh, they start to starve themselves. So one of the things with the Jowett method, you only weigh yourself once a month, as an example, not once a week. And the worst thing you can do for weight loss is weigh yourself once a day because so why, think about why, why is that, Jeff? Because a lot of people in, in sales are taught you know, display management, look at your results every day and so forth. And you're kind of saying something a bit different. It's paradoxical, uh, counterintuitive. We have not been taught this, and this is why people struggle. And, and here's why I think about it. I'll bring it back to weight loss for a second. Hopping on the scales each day, let's just analyse what that does for weight loss. Well, on your pedometer, it's one step on and one step off, two <laughs> yeah. steps. So you still got nearly 10,000 to go, 9,998 steps to go if your goal is 10,000, which, yep. is, which is what I recommend people to do, 10,000 steps a day. So it does nothing for the aerobic component of their weight loss uh, prescription. Now, the thing about that, though, is when you are obsessing about a result, and this is why this mindset coaching TJM is relevant for listings, business, weight loss, life, sports, because when you go into outcome, you lose your focus of what you need to be doing every minute, every hour, in the day, in the process. And you start to think about the result. Thinking about the result, thinking about what you're going to weigh, has no direct, uh, no direct alignment or link to a result. So I, I create ratios, John, and the ratios are that 90% you have to be in the present moment process. I say present in the process prevents overwhelm. 10% of the time is the result. So we work out what we want. Let's say it's weight loss. I want to drop 50 kilos in 40 weeks. Cool. You know, you can apply the same thing to real estate. I want to do X, Y, Z, my income, whatever. I want to make a million bucks. I've never done that. Whatever it is. But you don't live there. Like looking at your vision board every night, your seven-figure income or your weight loss goal, rubbing your navel, looking at your vision board, manifesting, that's, does, that does zero. But and, the, and the reality, Jeff, is that majority of people actually reverse that and 90% is focused on the outcome and only 10% is on the process. And I know that you spoke at a recent event that John and I both attended about that, that it's actually the reverse side that is actually the, the biggest difference. You know what's... I'll just quickly give you another example of this. Uh, I play a lot of golf. I'm okay. But the minute you stop adding the score up in your head, the minute you stop at looking at the scorecard and where you're at and what you're going to shoot and you stay in process and you put a good swing on the golf ball and you hit the next shot and you add them up at the end, you shoot the best rounds of your life because adding the scores up before you finish can do nothing 
to improve your performance. It can only increase anxiety and stress. It can only increase the likelihood of self-sabotage and limiting beliefs and the old stories that we have. I call it the Greg Norman syndrome because he was one of the best golfers of all time, but he uh, he was very driven, John, as we talk about. He, he, he defined himself by achievement, uh. not action. And I say define yourself by your actions, not your achievements, because if you define yourself by your, by your achievements, when you're at the final hurdle, you've got a gr- much greater likelihood of tripping over because that's your identity. What oh. I achieve is who I am. No, it's not. It's your actions each day in the marketplace. It's your actions each day in the gym. It's your actions each day with what you eat, how you treat people, what you do day on day, compounds over time, brick by brick. And the byproduct of that is massive weight loss. The byproduct of that is an amazing business is in any sector. But if we are defined by the achievements, that's ego, and that is going to rob us of our success that we deserve, in whether it be health, fitness, or business. So, Jeff, you mentioned a word before which I really love, and I want to drill into it, identity. So what we think about ourselves, and, and I often talk about the story you tell about yourself ends up becoming the story others will tell about you <clears throat> because you led into it. So if I've got you know, an identity of I'm a fat person, I've always been a fat person, I've, I've tried every diet, it's never worked, and I met you, and you're going to take me on a journey, and and but my identity happens to be, and, and again, in the real estate world, maybe your identity is I'm not a great agent, I'm, I'm just uh, in the sea of faces, I'm not particularly good. But So how do you deal with someone that arrives in your, in your vortex and you're here to help them? Change, do they have to shift their identity? Do they just set it aside and focus on the process? What do you do to help people? This is such a good question and it's so relevant because I went through it this week with my, uh, my community and I was talking about limiting beliefs. I know you call them mooring lines. Limiting beliefs, mooring lines. What's holding them back? And one of the big ones is, is you know, I'm worried if I change, uh, I'll, I'll leave people behind. And I said, um, on the contrary, the myth is I'm worried if I change, I'll leave people behind. The reality is in order to change, you have to leave some people behind. But not only that, people say, I'm worried that if I lose the weight, I, I'll, I'll lose my identity, as you said, as a fat person. And I say, it's not, it's not until you step into your darkest fears, your deepest fears, that you can begin to find your highest and best self. 90% of people haven't even found themselves. They're nowhere near it. So you can't lose an identity if you haven't found it. All they've got is an old story, a story that keeps them safe. You see, when you're overweight, as an example, you've got a story. I'm fat, so I can't win. I'm fat, so I can't make the money. I'm fat, so that's why they don't love me. You've got to take off the mask. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to step into your fears. That's where living and winning is done. And I say, I want to live. I don't want to exist. And that's why two and a half years ago, I got sober and I kicked the bottle because I choose to live, not merely exist. And that's what I want for people that I coach and mentor and that I have in my life. I want people to live and come to life and step into their fears. Because as we know, and John, we were talking about this today at the cafe, the only time that you have fear is the moment before you step into it. Once yeah. you've once you've jumped out of the aeroplane, from all reports, I haven't done it, but once you step out of, step out of the aeroplane, it's apparently bliss. I don't want to check it out. I'll take their word for it. But apparently on the plane on the way up, there's fear. Me, I do a lot of jumping with horses now, show jumping. Before I start the run and jump the horses, there's a bit of fear and nerves. 
It's the story. It's because we're in the future. You come back to the present process, the story's gone. It's got no power over you. So especially with overweight people, they have a great, and this is so common, this is who I am. No, it's a story. That's that's all it is. You haven't even begun to discover who you are because you haven't stepped into your fears. And for me, not everyone needs to do, to do this, but I needed to lose everything to find myself. And the things that I feared the most I had to lose to actually find the Jeff Jowett that I believe I was born to be. And I think we're all born to be something. There's greatness in all of us, as Les Brown says, but it's on the other side of stepping into these fears. And if you've got your fat suit on, if you've got the mask on, then you're hiding from the person that I believe you're meant to be. Jeff, um, overwhelm. It's it's a common thing in, in all areas of life where people stress and panic and they again, they tell themselves a story. And in real estate, you can get overwhelmed when you're not doing well because you're worried about paying next month's mortgage and keeping your job and how everyone looks at you and people are looking at me and I'm not successful. Or the other end of the scale, you can get overwhelmed when you start really building up some momentum and the overwhelm is, well, God, am I going to keep this together and I've got all these people now relying on me to get a great result. And so both ends of the scale, success and currently non-success can attract overwhelm. And there was, and I forgot the exact words, but I know there was a great thing I think I saw on your Instagram or maybe on one of your slides that talked about if you're present in the moment, can you take take us through that quote and take us through what it actually means as to how do you avoid overwhelm? Absolutely. So I say present in the process prevents overwhelm. Hang on, so present in the, okay, present in the process. So that, I guess, what, what does that mean, present in the process? So if, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it for weight loss for a second and then potentially for listing. So if we're present in the process for weight loss, what is that? We've got to do the groceries cook yep. the meals, eat the food, eat the snacks, drink the water, walk the steps, go to sleep, repeat. That's it. Scales have got no relevance. You don't lose weight hopping on them. You don't lo- lose weight looking at them. <laughs> you don't lose weight being around them. It's the meal, the timing and the type of the meals, the calorie deficit, the hydration and and the the water that you drink throughout the day. Now, whether let's say it's listings. Again, the, the, the touch points you have, the, the phone calls, the appointments, the, the open homes, all the, all the basic nuts and bolts, I call them uh, lead measures, lead or lead indicators in a business, the stuff that you have to do out in front. Now, if you do that, actions, daily actions repeated with the right outlook. Now, what I mean by that, and this is so important as well with overwhelm, see, I I use mindset cues, John, mindset. I think we need to override our thinking because most of us haven't been taught how to use our brain. We, 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 We are controlled by our thoughts. We don't control our thoughts. So I teach people to look, think of thoughts a bit like clouds in the sky. It's an automatic process. You don't teach, you don't tell your heart to beat. You don't tell your lungs to breathe. It's an automatic process, and so are the thought bubbles that pop into our mind. So we can't be controlled by them. So when all of these scary thoughts, you've got to be an observer, a witness to some of these thoughts, and very, very relevant when it comes to fear around listings and revenue, and we can override that with mindset cues. And some of those for me are things like love, not fear. 
come back to love. Like there's only love or fear. So what do I mean by that? So if, if agents have got, and this is where it's really ironic, and it might contradict some of the stuff out there, but it's working really well with markets, with, with agents in this market right now. Mm-hmm. If they've got a roof over their head and they're paying the bills and food on the table and the kids are at school, then there is no fear. I mean, a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's ego. You see, got to get more, got to get more, got to get more. Nothing wrong with more if you come from a place of love and service. Mm-hmm. If you want more from a place of ego and status, as, as I've heard people say before, for starters, it's commission breath mm-hmm. because it's not service-based for the client. It is what can I get out of it. It's ego and status, not contribution and service. So you have to apply the mindset cues from the right place. When you're coming from a place of love and gratitude and I say, I am enough, I know enough, now is the time. So what we, I don't know enough, I'm not enough, I've always been fat, I've never made the money, like all the stories. Just say that again, Jeff. I love that. I am enough. I am enough. I know enough. Now is the time. So, Which is the opposite, I think, to the when-then game, right? So do you want to talk a bit about that? Mm. So I call it the disease of when or the disease of more. So a lot of people in all industries, when I get the car, when I get the whatever car it is, whatever that might be, the car or the house or the boat or the income, or then I've made it, then I'll be happy, then I'll be worthy of success, then I'll be deserved of love. A lot of overweight people don't think they're worthy of love until they're trim. Mm. Being trim's great. It's great for your health. doesn't make you any more worthy or deserved or beautiful. Mm. There's no, there, there's no that, that's a myth. That's, a, that's the, the, meat, the meat sack that we, we potter around in, which is great, but we're more than just... <laughs> Flesh and bones without getting too deep and meaningful. But we, we, we have to understand that it doesn't define us. When we lose all the weight, it doesn't make us better. It doesn't make us more worthy. When we double our income, we're not better. We're never better than anyone, you see. When, when you can live and feel and breathe this, every single person that comes into your life is drawn to you because there's a humility there that you cannot teach. This humility that when, when you go into people's houses and you, you know, you meet them to sell their house and, it's that place of love, not fear, that place of contribution and service, not status, and what can I get? That would, ha- that would have to absolutely end anything that vaguely resembles commission breath, and people will be left going, wow, wow, that person cares, that person's got my back, that person, and that, that's the human experience, not, but not just to make money but to live. And I say the better you get, the better in your people, the people in your life get. So if you live your life with this value, integrity, truth, authenticity, not only do you build a whopping business that exceeds your wildest dreams, you do it without the blunt, brute force that a lot of people have to do because they're not in alignment. When you are in alignment in all areas of your life, you will build a, a, a huge business by, def- by default. It's a byproduct. So, Jeff, ego, this, our, our industry, I think, very unfortunately, as people rise up the up the scale of success or ladder of success, a number of them, not all of them, by the way, but a number of them, I think too many, they become sort of this incredible God within their own eyes and they're the God's gift to real estate. And I think social media has perpetuated this, has actually exaggerated to, well, I know it has to a large degree because everyone's got their own television station now called Instagram or Facebook. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about how does one 
eradicate or become aware and then eradicate the whole ego? Because I know that, you know, you, you ran an incredibly successful business and then the business and, and yourself hit, hit a bit of a wall a while ago. So you, you've probably been there, I imagine, as one of the Australia's most successful business people that hit a wall and it's now coming back, you know, reinvented and far more, um, far, far better, I think, uh, version. I'm sure you'll, you'll say that you'd, you'd agree with that. What what do you do when you kind of become aware that the ego's there and how do you push it aside and how do you sort of get to the right place? JM, great question. So ego is a great book. Ego is the enemy. It's the, it's the shadow self. And the trouble when, when you're in ego, the problem is you don't know you're in ego <laughs> because yep. that's, the, that's, it. that's why it's cunning and baffling and deceptive. And so for me... My ego was huge. I, I, I was entitled. I had a huge ego. I thought I was better than, if I'm truthful, I, I think I thought, uh, you know, a lot of the people in my business, they were resources. They weren't people. They were resources, mm. they were human beings. And, you know, we, we are hardwired for connection, as Brene Brown says. We are hardwired. We are built to connect with other human beings. And so th- this thing of I'm better than, that that has to go. And I guess the great thing about real estate, if you've got the drive and you put your head down, the thing I love about real estate is with fresh eyes, you know, the more you work on yourself, the more you win. There's no other variables because it's one market for everyone. It's what you can do in that market. So that's what fascinates me. But the problem is you make a whole lot of money fast, and this is the thing. You get massive success and status and notoriety and profile fast. You haven't done the work on yourself. Mm. And the size of an organization will always expand and contract to the size of the leader. So if you are in a good market, a boom market, everything's going well, some of these people I'm sure are making millions of dollars a year out of the blocks fast. Mm. They haven't done the work on themselves. They haven't laid the foundation. They haven't got the platform. I did that. I had a bit of luck in business, a couple of things, vision, personal training, took off, right place, right time. Uh, body trim was, you know, did quite well. as, and, and I hadn't done the deep work on myself. Who was Jeff Jowett? What were his yeah. values? What did he stand for? There was none of that. It was just heaps of money, bit of profile, and he didn't really stand for anything. And I've got to tell you guys, by the end of 2012, I was miserable. I was yeah. depressed and miserable. I had all the toys the cars, the life, all of it, and I didn't know who I was. And one of the things I ask myself today, my mum died back in 2002, God bless her, and and uh, I say often, you know, would mum be proud of me today? And the answer is yes, mum would be proud of a boy, the, the, the guy that I'm, I'm becoming and how I live each day. And if you're lucky enough out there listening to this and you're making a ton of dough, that does not define you. That is not – it's a currency it's a vehicle. It allows you to do more good in the world. But here's the thing about money, and it's a scary fact. It makes you who it makes you more of what you are. You ever so that it makes you more of what you are. It amplifies the time in yourself. You've got to grow that foundation. Come from a place of love, not fear. And you know, these days, for me, it's funny, guys. Like these days I live a very lean life. I've got my two little dogs live in a tiny little apartment, happiest I've ever been, ride my horses three days a week down at Centennial. And, you know, I've got big lofty dreams for an animal rescue farm and all these sorts of things, but that I don't need a huge amount of material stuff. I don't need the shiny things. And, you know, I I often say that, 
finding the bliss and the joy and the love, you just can't go down to Ferrari Maserati and buy that off the floor. Yeah. I tried. Didn't work. Got excited <laughs> for a few minutes. But as I often say, you know, these days I dream about the horse, not the car with the horse on it. So it's all, you know, it's all relative. But ego is a big one in this industry, like any industry where you can make a lot of money quickly, where you can rise to the top fairly fast, then you have to be careful of the person that you're becoming along the way. Would your mum be proud? Would your dad be proud? Someone that you admire, you know, stay humble. You've got to keep your feet on the ground. One of my favourite sayings these days is be humble or be humiliated. I was humiliated. I needed it. But I don't want everyone to go through what I went through. Well, I, know, You know, it nearly took my life. I got that dark. Because when you're in ego and you lose all your money, well, it doesn't get any darker than that because you're defined by your money, but then you've got no money, you've got no status, you've got nothing. The very thing that you th- that made you who you thought you were is gone. I think the universe does that because, you know, you cop a few whacks from it. You're not ready for that level of of success. That's what I think happened to me. So you've got to be careful. If, you, if you're making a lot of dough, that's great, but does not make you any better than anybody else. Doesn't make you better than the bus driver, the concierge, the janitor, the cabbie. And it's funny these days, the, the cafe that we go to, often a lot of cabbies there at 4 or 5 a.m., everyone's got a story. Mm. You know, I never stopped to hear people's story when I was flying high. Like a lot of people have, you know, made money, lost money, made money. It's the person that you become. It's the person that you are in the day-to-day. And really, I want to leave this place better than I found it. I, I, I want to be a good human. I don't just want to accumulate stuff. The, the, the thing about power, it's so addictive. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've really had to put some tight, firm uh, checklists in place I guess, compass bearings, moral compass, things I won't compromise. If someone says to me, look, mate, I've got this thing. It's going to be good. We can do this. If they are, if their moral compass and values and alignment are not the same as mine, I'm not going anywhere near it because I'm, it won't make me the person I want to be. We've got to be so careful who we surround ourselves with. Do they make us better or worse? This stuff's critical. And you know, you've got to be the small fish in the big pond. You've got to be the small fish. That You've got to be around people who are better than you, more driven than you, more humble than you. That's what I love about yourself, John, and some of your, your absolute superstars. I, you know, had dinner with Matt Steinwade not long ago, and from all reports, he's an absolute superstar in the industry. Yeah, Locked up bit. in the Toyota Land Cruiser, no gold watch, just a nice outfit. We potted it. I'm thinking, wow. Humble. Humble's impressive. Yeah. Be humble. Stay humble. Feet on the ground. I tell you what, because you never know when you can cop the big whack and you're going to be on your bum. So, Jeff, service over status. Tell me more about that. Well, again, that's one of my mindset cues. So when I leave the house today, I want to be of service, not coming from that that ego-driven status, who it's going to make me, who it's going to make me, how I'm going to look not be above people, not be better than people, all of that sort of self-talk. It's just poison versus how can I serve? How can I serve? How can I serve? So breathe, stay out of overwhelm. How can I be of service? Like if you're going in to meet people for the first time in an open home or whatever it is, how can I serve? Above and beyond how can I serve? They're the mindset cues I like to use. What about the concept, Jeff, of three months? Tell me about that. So I call it the lag effect, John. 
And the lag effect is that you cannot look at your results within the first 90 days. It takes at least that to begin to begin to get some results. But most people, after 30 days, they look at it and they think to themselves, it's not working. It is working. You just can't see it yet. Season to sow and a season to reap, but you can't have both in the same season. People have got to understand that seasonality. They've got to understand delayed gratification, compounding over time. We get good at what we do, but we've got to do it for long enough. So these sorts of things are critical. Yeah, and, and I think I'll show you a, a, a text this morning, Jeff, or, or sorry, an Instagram post, and it said something about like the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. And I think in you know whether it's weight loss or real estate or wealth accumulation or whatever it is, a lot of people this instant gratification, which seems to be something kind of that's 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 been a more of a recent thing than than a thing of previous generations. I think it's it's become exaggerated today. Um, people kind of want they want to go to the gym for the first time and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger tomorrow. Well, that's not happening, and they want to make an hour's worth of prospecting and sort of get in five doors tomorrow, and that's probably not happening either. So, I, I mean, I think it's a really important concept out there that people really have to recognise that these anything that's meaningful will take some time. And he's, absolutely, and that's where actions, not achievements, come in because daily actions, if you want to be proud of something, defined by something, it's the actions that you live today, the standards, not negotiables, routine that you did today. You do that every day. It compounds over time into the achievement. So that's critical. If you do that for 90 days, all and I work with a bunch, a bunch of people, you know, in your organization and they're doing it and crushing it in in what people are saying is not the best market ever. So this stuff works if you stay in process, focused on the actions. Don't look up for 90 days. You you make a decision and you do not look up for 90 days. You do what you have to do each and every day for 90 days and you'll start to get the momentum and you'll start to get better at what you do. And the other thing I talk about as well, mate, is the transition. And it's a big one where, look, if someone's really overweight or they drink too much booze, gen- generally then everyone in their life is either overweight or they drink too much booze. So if someone says like me, I've got a problem with the drink, I've got to, and that's where awareness comes in. Like if you can't have three beers and stop, you should not be drinking. People go, oh, that's yeah. a bit harsh. No, that's that's reality. Do you want to get serious about your life? Because here's the reality. You're going to be dead within 50 years depending how old you are. This is not a dress rehearsal. So if you can't moderate alcohol, you should not drink. Now, some people can and some people can't. I cannot, so I do not drink. That's, that's, just, that's just calling it out. There's no greater tragedy than talented, gifted people who don't own their stuff. Awareness and ownership is the foundation for growth and change. Without it, you cannot do it because it's a false economy. So this transition phase, if you're a big drinker and all your mates drink a lot, then it's going to be six months in the wilderness, lonely, isolated, because you're like, I've got no mates. What do I do on a Saturday night? That's part of the growth. That's when you begin to start to find who you are. Now, for me, that take, took about six months. Turns out there's a lot of people who don't drink. I ride horses four days a week. I play golf. I live my life. I don't mm-hmm. medicate my life. But there's a transition phase, and roughly it's six months. And for people when they're trying to lose weight, most of their overweight friends then say to them, oh, don't lose weight, don't lose weight, because they, 
you know, they're fearful of losing their friends. So you've got to be careful who you listen to because a lot of your overweight mates don't want you to be skinny. That's just the human condition. But all of your fit and healthy mates, they're going to be like, go, you good thing. This is awesome. Look at you go. Keep going. For someone yeah. listening to this, I mean, weight loss is one part of it that you probably know yourself that you've put on a little bit of weight and you do want to lose it. Most people don't have an awareness around maybe alcohol or maybe something else that they're doing that's not in their best interests. How do people get that self-awareness? Is it having honest conversations with those loved ones close to you or how, how have you seen over your experience people really identify and have create that awareness to then make a change? Well, great question. I, I call it a possibility diagram. So I ask myself, where do I want to yeah. be in 10 years' time? Who am I? Where do I live? What do I do? How do I act? Who is that person? Now, is he an alcoholic? Uh, well, I was, and that was not acceptable. So I looked at myself 10 years in the future, and that right. person was not going to happen. So I had to have a very tough conversation with myself. I just, you know, step into the room of mirrors and have a look at yourself. And that, that's what I did. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Was it hard? Yes, but it was the best thing that I ever did. It was the hardest thing that I ever did and the best thing I ever did. So people deep down inside, they know, you know, if they can't stop drinking. They know if they've got a problem with recreational drugs. They know really deep, deep down inside. And they, because I've spoken, mm. I've, you know, I speak with so many people, they know, but they've got to get the strength. And that comes back to that burning platform reason. So if the reason is big enough and it burns enough inside of you, you will change. But if people haven't got a big enough reason, a big enough why, as Simon Sinek says, then the problem is that they, they can't survive the transition and the mates will be like come to the pub come to the pub come to the pub week three they're at the pub back they go again and they repeat the cycle every three years and I see it all the time and then they're back where they were and I just made it as I am not doing that anymore at 40 years of age I am done with that merry-go-round I'm better than that I want more than that I want to contribute into the world I want to be the I want to make my mum proud I want to I want to do great things in the world and be the best person I can be and and alcohol did nothing for that so everybody I think everybody's got a demon I think everybody's got an Achilles heels Achilles <laughs> I had a I had a couple <laughs> so I just had to I had to own all of them there are certain things that I cannot touch there are certain environments that I cannot go near yeah. Does that make me boring? No, I've never been more alive. It's funny, Jeff. Last week on the on this very same podcast, we were talking about environment and you know whether that's physical or people or energy, but the importance. And I know Tommy, um, one of his famous sayings, or famous for me anyway, is if you don't want to slip over, don't hang around in slippery spots. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's what you're saying. If you surround yourself with high caliber people high caliber and you create high caliber uh, habits yes. and you control your mindset. I mean, this is the sort of stuff. So whether whether our listeners are wanting to lose weight, sell more listings, uh, buy their first home, pay off their debt, help their kids, you know, live a great life, this is all applicable. So a anyone that's listening, because we get, I think, you know, about 10,000 people kind of love listening to us for some godforsaken reason. Ah. <laughs> Very good. We appreciate it. We take it. We love it. We love them all. Um, if they want to kind of learn more about your method, the Jout method, where do they go to, to get some information on that? Oh, definitely. I'd go to thejowettmethod.com. 
And, and that's where, so just a, a bit of a summary, because I, I think everyone should go there that, that's interested. And, and one of the things that fascinated me when I first found out about what you were now doing in this, in your mindset coaching for weight loss, I found out that there was a number of our, of our McGrath people that were listening to you every day that don't need to lose weight. They actually were just, they loved the conversation. They loved the mindset cues that you were talking about. They loved your approach to life. So they're applying it. So I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that probably would love to shed a few kilos. So if you're interested, go to go to there. And, and it's, what is it, Jeff, $70 a month? It's 70 bucks a month, John. And one of the things there, and I'll, I'll give him a quick shout out, Kieran Bresnahan, one of your, one, the best. One, one of the very best humans. And KB started with me, I did some mentoring for Kieran, and I still do, about, about a year ago now. Kieran and I have known each other for 30 years. We played cricket against each other, golf against each other, and we go back yeah. a long way. And KB rang me up, and he, and he said, mate, I want what you've got. And I said, what's that, a one-bedroom apartment, no money, and two dogs? <laughs> and he goes, no, nah, no, nah, you can have that. He goes, no, nah, but <laughs> he, said, he said, mate, you're happy. You've changed. He goes, I can see that you're a different person, and, mate, it's great. And, and, and uh, we've started, we, we've done a bunch of work together and, and, and with a lot of his people and really just the mindset stuff. And what I've learned, whilst the Jowett method started out as weight loss, probably half the group uh, are not there for weight loss because it's, it's universal. Whether it's the drink or business or money or weight loss, it is mindset strategies. They are, they're, the, they're the same because what we are doing is we get up in our head and if we're up in our head, we medicate with food or alcohol or drugs or you know, all of the above. And we have to learn these strategies to create our best self and to stay mm. in the process to get the outcome. So, yeah, we're having some awesome, some breakthroughs in, in lots of different industries, especially real estate, because people are putting their head down and getting the result. And what I found worked really well with the Jowett method is that we do two sessions a day, but they're about 10 minutes, but not everyone watches all of them. But um, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., Monday to Friday, because especially the morning, most people, myself included, I have to have a morning ritual because mm. I can wake up. Mate, I'm not at my best when I first get out of bed. My head is racing. I have to do certain things to slow down my mind, take control, and then win the, win the day, win the morning, win the day. And I, they are learned skills. Yeah. So I leave the house in the right head space for the best results each day. So, you know, getting people into that at 7 a.m., 10 minutes to go out and attack the day with, you know, hero, not victim, get above the line. NLP, get above the line, hero, not victim, that sort of stuff. Because we can leave the house with all these crazy stories. And, you know, because I, I lost my dough and I'm starting again, I can easily be a victim. You change the lens. Mate, my life's never been this good. I am blessed. Yeah. But it's all about how we view it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've, I love listening to you every day, and I, as you know, I often tune in um, to your uh, to your podcast, which I, uh, not sorry, your webinars, which I love, and our team got so much out of it. And in fact, we've now uh, hired you to do a little thirty day pilot program. Yes, twenty five of our promising, laden with massive potential people that we want to help them extract their mass, uh, the maximum potential. So. I think that's a great one, and then hopefully, you know, you, you, if this all works well, you might consider doing it for the industry. So um, that would be good. Um, Troy, thank you for everything. Any final questions, thoughts, observations? John and Jeff, uh, Jeff, firstly, thank you for giving your time. It kind of blinked, and it's we're forty minutes into this episode, but 
Um, the one thing I will say is every listener that we have, please try and listen to this episode three, four, five times. There's so much content. There's so many lessons. There's so many triggers that Jeff mentioned that will get you to that place of having, first of all, self-awareness and that awareness to, to want to make a change if the choice is yours. And then how do you go through that uh, process, again, focusing on the process, not necessarily the outcome, to create that life that you want, to see yourself in 10 years? I, I just started writing notes and notes and notes on my phone about this, Jeff, and I'm going to go back and listen to it three or four times, and I encourage all the listeners to do because I just think it's such a powerful podcast so thank you john thank you for introducing me to jeff a little while ago as well it's uh, it's amazing to, to see uh all the all the content pleasure and jeffrey i'm no doubt we'll see you very early very dark mornings at the cafe very shortly absolutely thanks for having me guys i really do appreciate it thanks boys see you later all the best